Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Recording and that looks good. And all right, Michael, I think you are on the podcast. Thanks for being here. How you doing? I'm doing pretty amazing. So uh, how about you? I'm doing great. You know, for a Monday evening over here, what about three hours behind, or yeah, ahead of you? So yeah, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it was a good Monday to start the week out of. But yeah, you know, um, what I want to talk to you about, and what I'm glad, what kind of sparked my interest on you that. I guess first off, you know, I, I noticed that you're an author, you're an entrepreneur, a coach. Um, you got some yoga going on. I mean, you just seem <laughs> like you've always had a a man of many hats. Is that just how you've always been in your life, or absolutely? I, I like to joke that if I went to some psychiatrist or something, they'd probably say I had ADD. Instead, I like to call it being passionately diverse. Ooh. I like that better. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're just interested in so many different things. and Yeah, I mean, you know, I might as well live life on the things that I'm interested in and not just like, I'm not a single focus guy. I can focus really easily on one thing when I need to. Mm-hmm. And I like to do lots of things. So I'm going to do lots of things. Yeah, no, I relate a lot to that just because I like learning new things. I like trying new things and it keeps me keeps my mind going, keeps me challenging myself, keeps me occupied. And it's fun. Then, you know, if you don't like something, then you just move on to the next. Do something else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, I'm glad. I feel like a lot of people mm, don't really find that in life or try that. You know, they just want to either stick to one thing or try nothing at all. What do you think? Yeah. 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 And, you know, I I think part of it was growing up, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. He owned multiple businesses and he, he liked to do multiple um, social type things, personal type things. And so it's always kind of been there. It's kind of been bred. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Cause I've always asked other people that if they feel like that entrepreneurial spirit or whatever their family did was just kind of embedded into them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. And I've noticed things like that. And, you know, from my mom and my dad, like, hmm, you know, like I see them do something and I kind of, I think I do that too a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I think as we get older, both my parents are past now, but I think as we get older, I find that I do more and more things that my parents used to do. Mm. And some of those probably drove me crazy when <laughs> I was younger, right? 
I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Cause that's the, cause that's how I would be. You know, I, I feel like every kid at one point just like, Oh, I don't want to be like my mom and dad at all. Or right. yeah. yeah. Then they grow up, they end up starting to come in like more and more like, and it's just becoming more self-aware. Like, Oh yeah, I guess I am starting to be more like my old man or my mom or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did want to say to you, Chris, I, I know that you recently had your hundredth episode and um, I was listening to that show and I, I love this idea of the loose cows running around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a little bit what's going on over here in Virginia. Uh, we're in yeah. a very, very rural part of Virginia. So if you know where DC is, I'm probably uh-huh. three hours southwest of that. So I'm like yeah. in a tip of where North Carolina meets uh, Tennessee, West Virginia and all that. So it's yeah. not a lot going on around here. So it's mainly farmland, a couple of universities, um, regular manufacturing plants. And that's about it. But yeah. and speaking of that, you know, my, my dad, he was a dairy farmer and, oh wow, and so like in, in the town I grew up in, um, was literally all cornfields, no stoplights. Um, there's two little general stores. It was actually called a community, not even a town. Right. And so, yeah, it was one of those things that it was just the cows would just randomly get out of the dairy cows and just, I don't know if a fence post broke or whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, people would call me, Hey, your dad's cows are out. And like, you know, we should go you should do something. I was like, well, I'll call him, I guess. I mean, well, I, you know, I'll get him to go round them up. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, they'll, they'll come back. They'll find the salt licks and you know, they'll come back. That's usually what it was. They would just kind of roam around the edge of the fence and they're just like, how do we get out? How do we get back in now? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. It was just kind of like just push them, like no, go over here, go over here. Yeah, yeah. We we have a lot of BLM land where I live, and a lot of cows wandering around. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it beef or dairy? Do you know? Pardon me. Beef or dairy cows? Yeah, beef or dairy cows. Yeah, yeah. No, the beef cows, beef cattle. Oh, beef cattle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We uh, you know, we have my dad just mainly did dairy cows and. But there's a mixture of uh, like he's, he's he has a couple of brothers who dabble in beef cattle only, not the dairy part of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we didn't come here to talk about cows, I guess. <laughs> well, we? maybe who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I mean, I feel like yeah. you know, uh, maybe we did. I don't know. Yeah. But it's um, yeah. but that I guess that is a pretty um, speaking of modern times with cattle and you know, grass fed beef and fact factory farming. It is pretty uh pretty different uh topic that we could definitely go down a road on if you want to yeah yeah I well I'm, I'm not going to start down that rabbit hole okay i was going to say something but i i held back <laughs> okay no big deal yeah don't you don't yeah, but to- the thing again i wanted to really congratulate you on your 100th episode oh, was well, i appreciate that and yeah. um yeah this is i don't know if you heard this before if i said it before but you know this was a big deal to me or one of the biggest things i've ever tried in my life i feel like i put in exposing myself and uh, being really vulnerable, putting this type of conversations and myself out there like this. And so making that far was a big, yeah, big milestone. And I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's huge. And from what I can hear and what I've heard from some of the episodes I've listened to, there's a lot of diversity mm-hmm. in your guests, in your topics. And I love that. It's like this conversational idea. Let, let's have a conversation, talk about life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, I was talking about this just before, but somebody was, when I first started this, they're like, what what is your podcast going to be about? And, you know, it's going to be about CrossFit fitness, because that's, you know, what a lot of people know me from. And 
know, and I was like, well, that's cool and all, and I want to talk about that, but I don't want that just to be what I'm known as, and I don't want to pigeonhole myself into one set topic, and yeah. I want to be able to have conversations like you, you know, like we just said that you know, your trainer, being a yoga coach, an entrepreneur, and just to see what your walk of life was, and like, yeah, I, yeah that's because that's interesting to me, you know. I mean, I, and I know like you were talking about your. ADD or whatever, but you know, my brain would just start to get bored. It's like, all right, I've already heard these fitness competitions or fitness conversations before. I mean, no, there's nothing new to gain for that for me. So I want these type of conversations and something that we would have sitting at a a coffee shop or whatever your favorite beverage is or whatever, just, just talking, having that human connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's interesting because one of the things that, that I do today is I spend a lot of time focused on really storytelling and helping people bring their stories out, whether they're talking on podcasts, whether they're talking on stage, whether they're talking in a relationship, it doesn't matter. It's just like helping to understand and realize those stories that we have in life and especially stories that other people may need to hear. Mm -hmm. Right. So like another podcast you had with, Susan Jane, you were talking about something totally different. You're talking about intuition and reincarnation and spirits versus ghosts and, and all these things. And there's somebody that heard that episode that needed to hear that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that stuff is cool to me. You know, it's just that it's what when I first started listening to podcasts, I was maybe five years ago, you know, just listening to them. And it was just because like, I got tired of listening to music and and I learned it's like, man, you know, these people, what their stories are telling and, the, you know, their life experiences and what they've done is just, you know, mind blowing. And I never knew that there was, you know, alternative ways of, you know, wellness and fitness, thinking about, you know, spirits versus or being spiritual versus religion and or, you know, how the you know big things now are me is like mindfulness and things. And it was like, wow. And, and and instead of like watching the news or watching, you know, your movie or your favorite person you're listening to and listening to that two minute explanation they get, you know, that we could have these long drawn out conversations of actually like, why does, you know, Michael, you know, think the way he thinks, you know, why, why, you know, they just didn't take a snippet of, you know, I think all cows should be free and whatever. (laughs) You know, why why does he think cows should be free? You know, then that's like what they label you as you're a cow or a guy that thinks cows should be free. It's like, well, no, that's what's reason. Let's see. What do you think? You know, let's have this long conversation about it. No, Chris, that was last week. I thought that. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but that was last week. But that's also, but that's also cool, though. And then to your point that you know, having these conversations, like you know, you might teach me something tonight about, I don't know, yoga, entrepreneur, or whatever we want to dive into. That it's like, oh yeah, that makes more sense than what I originally thought on it, and that's yeah. a better way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, did you want me to tell you something a little bit about yoga and fitness that I didn't know? Oh, yeah, hit me. So I don't know how much you, whether you dived into my book or any part of my story at all, but a little bit. In in '86, I had vascular disease, and my right leg was 100% blocked, and my left leg was 65% blocked. And they performed what's called a fempop, uh, which is femoral popliteal artery graph essentially it's a bypass surgery on my legs okay and within a few months my legs had reblocked again and they wanted to do more surgery and you know i'm 27 years old right sure 27 turning 28 years old and 
you know, I was a young immortal man and I told them um, in no uncertain terms that they weren't going to take my freaking leg off at all. Right. And the second time around when they wanted to do more surgery and I was surrounded by surgeons in my hospital bed, they were there saying, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your legs in a couple of months and you're going to die in a few more months. And I left the hospital AMA against medical advice and okay. a cane and I was walking on a cane. Like I was some old 90 year old guy that had blocked arteries in his legs. Right. Sure. And so this is where the fitness part comes in and the, the yoga part comes in as well is I ended up at a rehabilitation center in Southern California. I grew up actually in Beaverton and ended up at a place in Santa Monica called the Pritikin Longevity Center. And when I got there, the doctor there said, when you are walking and it hurts, keep walking. Well, this was directly different than what the surgeons were saying at OHSU, Oregon Health Sciences University. They were telling me when it starts hurting to stop. Okay. Well, what the doctor again said is, says, go out there on the boardwalk, because it was right on the boardwalk at Santa Monica, right by the pier. And if you walk down about a mile, you end up at Venice Beach, which you may have heard of. That's yep. you know, like Muscle Beach Muscle and all Beach. that kind of stuff down there. And so the doctor down there said, when it hurts, keep walking. And he says, just go out on the boardwalk and walk. Well, I got to be honest with you, Chris. When I got out there in the boardwalk, there was a lot of girls in bikinis on rollerblades. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you, as a man, I was not going to look like a weak man, yeah. like getting fan kicked in my face or something, right? <laughs> so I was going to stand tall. Heck yeah. I was almost running. I would walk down and what, what the doctor told me, he says, when you're walking into that pain, you're, the reason you get in the pain is you don't have enough blood flow in your legs. Okay. So it sends signals back to the brain that you need more blood in your legs. So what happens is you start building new collateral blood vessels. And so as I did this process, when I started out, I was walking maybe 10 feet. Within two weeks, I was walking two miles. Wow. Strong and tall. Again, a very simple thing about fitness, the idea of walking, mm -hmm. right? That was it. And it changed everything for me. Wow. You know, it helped to restore me back to health. Wow. So as, as a fitness guy, sometimes, you know, I know for me as a yoga guy that sometimes the simplest things are the best mm -hmm. and the healthiest, right? I mean, even just bicep curls. If you just think about the simplicity of bicep curls, right? Sure. It's not a difficult thing to do. You just go, you know, like this yeah. with the weight in your hand, right? Exactly. You know, some people might start with a, a can of soup in their hand because they're so weak, right? Exactly. And they build themselves up. But whether you're holding that can in your hand or a 20-pound weight, it's the same action. I agree. The action doesn't change. Now, I mean, you, I mean, you can get into different things, but, you know, the, the, the basic thing is simple. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And just touching on what you just said that, um, 
And I agree a whole a lot with that uh, reasoning justification just to keep, you know, keep walking and keep moving. If it, even if it hurts that uh, I have a really weak ankle and I, I mean, I'll be walking down the sidewalk and it would go out just because from basketball and everything. I just sure. never, but that was, it was used to be when I first did it, that the science was like, Oh, you know, right. You know, what is it? Rice, rest, ice, compression, and yeah. elevate. And just sit and do and do nothing, just let it heal. But now it seems like more people are actually starting to say, no, if you can actually move it some and walk on it or, you know, keep blood, you know, go into it, that you will get more benefits of it. It'll try to become more of a natural or heal back naturally that way. And that's in the yeah. last time I rolled it. That's what I did. I still I had to modify some of my workouts, but I still was able to, for the most part, you know, move on it. And yeah. it healed up quicker, I think. And a lot of people might disagree with, with me on that and maybe a few scientists, but there is some logic to it. You know, just the body, the body's not made to move and just sit and, you know, be stagnant all the time. Right. Well, you know, they say what ages us is when our joints start to freeze up. And if we're moving, you know, body emotion stays in motion. If you look at, at the people that live any length of time, they're in motion. They're rarely just sitting around on their couch, Right. Exactly. They they are moving. My grandfather, well, one of my grandfathers lived till 96 years old. He was in motion and he grew up on a farm. We were talking about that earlier and grew up on a farm and, you know, just kept his body moving. Yeah. I mean, it's well, like I said, it's what I feel like our bodies were designed or made to do. If you could look at, you know, back way back in time, you know, when we didn't have cars and bikes or whatever, that's what people did. They walked, you know, yeah. they ran. And that's, if you look at early you know, human beings, how almost all of them are fit. You know, they weren't eating constantly all day and, you know, they were putting things their body doesn't want that was never, you know, even sugar was not really made back then, I guess. And that was just all, you know, certain foods and like whatever they got, they were able to eat. That's what they did. That's right. And, and one thing that, and I love that point you brought up that what a lot of people don't get is that, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't, you know, I can't, I can't work out or whatever. And it was like, you can do something so easy. To, I mean, you can sit down and do bicep curls. And even if you don't have any weights, you can find, you know, like you said, a can of soup or you can, then you, if you want to move up, get a, what, a gallon of milk or a paint bucket. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, there's tons of laundry detergent. There's tons of yeah. things you can do. And then if you want to add other things, you can hold them on your shoulders. Like you said, do presses, you can start doing squats. I mean, you can look in there. Plus with the information age, I mean, you know, there's so much content out there as far as podcasts and YouTube. And if you want to do something nowadays, I mean, there's really no more excuses anymore. I mean, you can do it if you really want to. You can learn how to do anything today. Exactly. Yeah. That YouTube university. I mean, that's part of how I started this podcast was just looking up stuff and what other people were doing and then, you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't work along the way. Yeah. And, you know, think about it, too, as far as like walking. If you walk 2000 feet, 2000 steps, I mean, 2000 steps, it's going to take you about 20 minutes and it's about a mile. And, you know, we got the heart in our chest. Right. And we think that that's, you know, the, the pump for all our blood. Right. Sure. Well, it is. But there's actually three pumps in the body, the heart and your calves, you got a calf in either leg. And so as you're moving and your calves are pumping, you know, you step, release, step, release, step, release. Your calf is going, you know, you know, going like this. And it's helping the blood flow through our whole system. That makes sense. Never thought right? about I never thought about yeah. it that way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so yeah. just that motion, you know? 
Yeah, just something as little as that. And well, and and, and I would add something to that since okay. we're talking. At the same time, you could do some bicep curls and have your headphones in and listening to Chris's show is <laughs> is different episodes. I mean, that's that's one of the cool things. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, you can do all that stuff and still, you know, and that's usually how I you know, when I. Uh, I'm an audiobook guy. That's what I do. You know, when I'm at work or when I'm taking my dogs for a walk, I mean, I just slap those in or listen to a podcast or whatever, get, get my book in that way. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. You can do other, you can do so much at once now. I mean, it's, I mean, if multitasking is, is an art, but um, it works. I think, yeah. I mean, I why think not? it'd be different from everybody. And, you know, a lot of people say they can't what comprehend that way, but I think it's a matter of just, learning what works for you like you did you just like you know seeing those girls like i'm going to keep walking ain't this thing yeah. like, <laughs> i'm i'm gonna stand tall yeah. i wanted i wanted to ask was that disease you know was that just rare that came about was that something that's part of your family or hereditary is that the word i'm looking for but well yes i mean the, the doctors didn't really know let me add a couple of things okay this. okay when when i was 12 years old i was in a water skiing accident Ooh. And it was all internal injuries. They thought I was just kind of bruised up at first. And then the, the next day I was having surgery. I was 12 years old. And I woke up about 10 days later from a coma. And I found out I had had 60% of my liver removed, gallbladder, cracked ribs, collapsed lung, 21 blood transfusions, and the coma. And... You know, I was not expected to live at all at that at that time. The doctors didn't expect it. Sure. Right? And I had a near-death experience and not quite as much as, as your guest Susan, um, Jane did, but I, I had an out-of-body experience and I, I came back from that, but I didn't want to come back. I wanted to stay where I was, right? So I Wait, come back. You wanted to not come back to your body? Is right. I wanted to stay where I was. Okay. And as as I was coming back, I was reaching back out and saying, I don't want to go. And they told me you weren't done yet. Well, that's 51 years ago. They didn't tell me how long it was going to take to be done, but I guess I'm not done yet. You know, maybe after your podcast, I'll be done. I don't know. No, man. But, Whatever you're doing, it's working, though. I mean, yeah. So, so, so to your question, and I'll, I'll make it this long story short. They can read the book if they want to read the book. Sure. Um, is I got really pissed off at God for a long time. Okay. And I started drinking too much and smoking pot and, you know, all that stuff, hanging out with all the wild guys and uh, wild women and, you know, all that stuff and having a lot of fun and, you know, speeding up to when I had my surgery on my legs and I had the blocked arteries. I think all of that affected my vascular system. Okay. My dad had died a year earlier from a heart attack. He died at 58 years old. Well, I'm 63 right now, so I've already outlived my dad. Right. And I don't think I'm going to die anytime soon, but we never really know when we're going to go. True. You know, it's, you know, I mean, we kind of might, if we get a disease and we're lingering for a while, we might know, but I'm not in that state right now. You know, I'm in a healthy state, yeah. right? Yeah, you seem but so, so he died of a heart attack. And then a year later, I had my vascular disease pop up. And I didn't want to die. I never wanted to die. Good. Other than wanting to stay where I was when I was 12 and not come back. 
you know, a lot of people have had like suicidal thoughts or they want to die or they want to get off this planet. Sometimes I might want to call up Elon Musk and go to Mars with him or something. But I'll, I'll be right there with you. I'll go right, with you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've always wanted to live. I enjoy life, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. we were just saying, it's one of the best times to be alive, you know, just yeah. and having like the technology and stuff. I mean, you know, we would, I would never would have had this conversation where the odds are I would probably would never had this conversation with you without, you know, technology and Zoom. I mean, us being on the complete opposite sides of the country. That yeah. past would have never met. And now that I, we could sit down and have a conversation like this is still mind blowing to me. I say it all the time on here, but yeah. it's wild that it's just so able to do that. It's just, it's so cool at the same time, just because, you know, we're connecting on a whole nother level that I never thought was, I, I would experience. Well, it, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of a dichotomy, you know, here we got this thing called COVID, right? Sure. And as it popped up, it shut everything down. And we became disconnected from a lot of people initially. But then Zoom really became um, a vital part of connecting with people. I agree. Now we, we're connecting with people all around the world all day long. You know, I'm on a couple of Zoom calls a day, whether it's podcasting or coaching or, or some type of thing that I'm involved with and connecting with people I never would have talked to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we never would have talked, but um, so kind of a positive side in, you know, a roundabout way with COVID is it is connecting us more. I agree. The whole, the whole world, right? I agree. I agree 100%. I've said that too before. That's one of the pros of COVID that, yeah. you know, people were able to sit back. And that's, you know, when I started this podcast, you know, it was, you know, I've said it, you know, that life is, I was living off momentum. I'm not going to generally speak for everybody, but I was, you know, and I was going through my motions, working at my job. I work in higher education and, you know, I just hit 36 this year and I was like, man, I'm 36, you know, and I just put in 10 years at my full-time job. I was like, man, you know, only when I first took that job, I said I was only going to be there three years. Yeah. It was one of those, I was going to use it as a stepping stone. And then now, you know, I bought a house and I planted roots and it was like, wow, man, you know, and if I'm lucky, you know, like you're talking about 36, all right, you know, half that 72, you know, I got a goal of living to a hundred, but I was like, you know, but I was like, I want to live. I want to start doing things and take chances on things and, um, see what life has to offer to me. You know, not, I'm not saying go take big risk and put all my money in the lottery and see, hopefully I win, but you know, but just doing things that, you know, like, like that feed my mind or that feel like my mind wants that, you know, it's like learning new things and having yeah. cool conversations and, you know, I've, and there's a doctor I follow, Pat. Um, gosh, I can't think of his last name now. But one of his things is like the key to longevity is challenging yourself every day, whether it's small or big. Yeah. And like doing these small little challenges and just keeping your mind active. And, you know, and I'm not saying like you climb Mount Everest, but, you know, like you said, go, you know, start walking. And, you know, when you went yeah. from 10 feet to two miles, you know, and just do yeah. little things like that. That's, you know, you know that it might could be done, but it might be tough along the way. And then, you know, you yeah. find out more about yourself. Yeah. And, you know, one, one of the things that one of my goals this year, and it's kind of in, in some ways it's a small goal. In some ways it's kind of a big goal. But once a week, I climb up to the top of a ridge or a butte. I live in an area where there's a lot of buttes. And, you know, I live next to the mountains. So I have that What's a butte? A butte? A butte. Um, well, in our case, there we have a lot of volcanoes where I live in Central oh. Oregon. Okay. And so there's a lot of volcanic buttes. You know, just imagine what a butte looks like. 
I've never heard that yeah. before. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And, and most of them, you know, aren't like big, like you may have, I mean, like Mount Hood is a butte. You know, it's called Mount Hood, but it's essentially a butte. It's a volcanic butte. Okay. But it's a bigger one. But we have lots of smaller ones. There's hundreds of them. Hundreds. Some of them don't even have names to them, right? I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so they're like out east from where I live, about 50 miles. They're, they're everywhere. And you just, you know, drive down some gravel road for 50 miles, park and go, I want to go up that butte. And there's no trails. And you just go up to the butte. You just, right? in the, the elevation can vary? Just depending. It can vary, yeah. Anywhere from probably four to 6,000 feet. So it's not real high, but but you have to be almost well, except for you in Virginia that might be high. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty good over here. But yeah, do you have to be pretty experienced to climb it, or is it just kind of navigating your own way and just navigating my own way? Ah. Yeah. and sometimes I'm out there alone. Sometimes I'm with a couple of buddies. Uh, this last Saturday we went up on top of a ridge, not out in the desert in the buttes, but more in the, in the mountains here because we're right in the Cascades as well. And there's, we, we like to go morel mushroom honey, right? And we, we got a secret spot. We call it the secret spot because it's pretty popular around here. And we don't want anybody else to know about it. And we were headed up towards that area. And there was a ridge there. We'd never been up it before. And we thought, oh, we'll go up that ridge. We'll see what's up there. You know, there's no trails. It's all off trail. And so we, we start going up this ridge and we get up near the top and there's these grass fields all over the place with, you know, fist, fist size morel mushrooms there everywhere, more than what we could pick. Okay. Because right? there's nobody that goes to that area. I mean, there might be one person every three years that goes where we were. So you got the honey hole. Yeah. So, so we found secret spot number two. Nice. Right? But that's what happens when you get out there and explore and you find new things and, you know, whether it's going up a butte or, or whether it's, you know, doing some, you know, meditation type thing, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, maybe it's you're, you're into cars and you find out something new about a car, yeah. you know, always exploring, always exercising your mind. I agree hundred percent. I mean, when you go out alone on those, you know, climbing those brutes and stuff, is that part of your meditation process? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's part of feeling connected with, with earth and nature and God and the universe and, and all of that. Yeah. I know you said earlier that, you know, you were kind of mad at God and oh, yeah. Yeah, is this kind was this kind of your way? I mean, in, if you don't want to answer this, I guess you don't want to, but I mean, if you got a better relationship now or, or is this, Part of the healing process for yourself or what? Everything changed when I was 30. And I had gone out and drank way too much one night and ended up in the, in the hospital the next morning with some alcohol poisoning. Ooh. And a friend of mine showed up and, you know, he kind of knew that I had been wild a little bit. And he said, are you ready? And I, I knew exactly what he meant. And, you know, he, he meant, are, are you ready to, you know, live something different? Are you ready to live in a new way? And I knew right then and there that it was all over that wildlife, those wild times that I was going through. And I said I was ready. And it was one of the times in my life where I experienced what I call a swoosh. It was like this swooshing feeling like I knew it was over. I knew that that anger towards God was gone. 
it was just gone. And I knew that something different was going to happen. So again, that was 33 years ago. So, and I haven't had a drop of alcohol since or a cigarette or, I mean, everything was just, it was just removed. It's gone. Right. You just stopped at cold turkey. Just everything just gone. Yeah. And my life is different today. You know, I used to have long hair, you know, this is actually kind of long right now. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I still had mine. <laughs> well, I've I've worked years, Chris, to get just this color of hair. You know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't doubt it, man. I thought well, when I first started shaving my head, I thought it was a lot of work, but now it's just it comes natural. It's just it's a breeze. Sure. It's another thing. And I I love it now. So it's I yeah. made who I am. Yeah. But but yeah, that's a that's a great story. I love, you know, stories like that where people you know, I don't know if you want to say you've hit rock bottom, but it sounds like, you know, with alcohol poison and being into, you know, laying in a bed or hospital bed, it's like, mm, it's about time to start turning things around. And now look at you, you know, the, the obstacles you've overcome, you know, I always love stories like that. You know, the guy gets the girl at the end of the book and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, get it, man. Or he gets the rollerblader on Santa Monica. It's a rollerblader. Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. Yeah. But did you ever picture your life going this direction or did you have other thoughts in mind before you know, these events happened or I, I had no idea. You know, I, I mentioned earlier on my, my dad was an entrepreneur and he owned a bunch of gas stations. Um, and when he died, he had about a hundred gas stations. So he had quite a few Wow, as, as well as a few other businesses as well. And I always thought that I was going to grow up in that business mm-hmm. and do all of that in Late teens, early 20s, I started doing a lot of photography. I was doing portrait work and some weddings. I didn't like weddings because of the mother-in-laws always wanted the photos their way. And, you know, and then I I was doing some multimedia type uh, video work as such as it was at the time. It's totally different now. But um, so I thought that I was going to go that route until the yoga and um, mid-90s, I, I had made a much, bunch of money doing some option trading. And I took a couple of years off, and I went to this yoga training with the idea that it was going to help heal my body for my surgeries. And it did do that, and I had no intention to be a teacher. And a week later after doing that, I started teaching. And I went to, have you heard of Bikram Yoga? No, I haven't. I just started Kundalini yoga not too long ago. Okay, it's the hot stuff. You've heard of hot yoga. I've heard of hot yoga. Yeah. Well, Bikram was the guy that brought that to the United States. Okay. So I went to him. I was maybe teacher one hundred. Then I ended up leading about thirty teacher trainings and helping to train about seven thousand teachers. I owned a couple of yoga studios. I coached yoga studios all around the world in marketing and business, in um, getting them successful and operational. Um, so I had no idea that that yoga, you know, doing this little bend right, bend left, twist a little bit idea was going to affect my life so much, mm. you know. And it just like, again, it was one of those things that changed everything. Well, even in, even nowadays that, you know, when I first heard about yoga, I don't even remember when it was, but when 
my first, like everyone thought yoga was just for, you know, hippy dippy, weird, you know, just not really cool thing to do, but yeah. <laughs> but in that case, like, are you going to go do yoga? What do you, what do you, like, you don't do that. And so, but now, I mean, it's got more, I don't, I guess more mainstream and like, you know, popular athletes incorporated in their routines and, you know, and I take a couple of yoga classes and I've never done hot, hot yoga, but I've wanted to, but it feels good, you know, just stretching out your body and stuff. And, um, and then those poses and the relaxation and get, you know, the mindfulness part of it too is great. And, you know, and even CrossFit, uh, I don't know how much you know about it, but they've kind of incorporated yeah. yeah, their own version of yoga into it too, yeah. which I did, you know, did that for a while. And it just, you know, this, the poses and the stretching and just, you know, like I said, the mindfulness, there's so many attributes and enhancements that, you know, are so great that people just go unnoticed, I think sometimes. And, and I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but yeah, I mean, the times I have, I've enjoyed it. Well, for me, I really feel like it's helped restore my body. Sure. And when, when the, the thousands of students and everybody that I've worked with over the years, and I taught a class today, I teach about 10 classes a month. I don't teach much anymore. And I sold the studios. But, you know, I see people, you know, that they come in, they can barely move, you know, and they're, you know, hurt or injured or something. And within a month or a couple of months, they're totally different. You know, instead of standing in the back of the room, they're in the front of the room. Instead of wearing, you know, full you know long sleeve shirts and long pants they're in like these little tiny outfits you know and they're so sure. like their self-esteem gets better they get stronger they get happier you know the same thing can happen at a gym somebody starts going to a gym and start to work out you know they can be all covered from head to toe as well and then within a couple of months you know it's totally different they look different exactly. Wear something different. They're stronger. They're happier. They're now smiling. Where before they were depressed. And again, it's just moving the body. Exactly. Yeah, and and it's almost that. I don't know if it's society or culture, but it's almost that you know these are not these easy little things like we we were just talking about the bicep curls and just walking and stuff. It's not promoted anymore. That it's just more of just no, just sit down all day. Go go stream you know, Netflix or whatever you want to do, which I, I do that too. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong against that, but I don't do it for eight hours a day. And, but there, you know, but if there's so many benefits, just these little things that, you know, can add up, you know, what is it? The compound effect you do like, go take a small lap around your neighborhood. All right. Now next we go do two laps. And then you see, like you just said, the, 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 the new confidence, the new the way a person looks like how they feel about themselves. You know, it's just, yeah. it's a whole new lifestyle and it's a whole new way of living that, it's what the brain and the body wants. Right. It is exactly what the brain and body wants. Exactly. You know, it's just, it, it, you know, for me, you know, if I have a, you know, like for a better word, a shit day at work or whatever that, you know, once I get down to my gym and like, that's my stress reliever, that's my social spot. That's where, you know, I, that's my tribe, I guess you could say. And it sure. really goes away. And like during that hour, two hours or whatever I'm there, you know, I coach a little bit too on the side that it's just like, okay, I feel so much better that I came down here and did this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just so great. Well, it's a chemical change in our body. Yeah, good point. Good point. You know, we start to drag down and drag down and drag down. And then we start moving again. Again, it changes the chemistry in our body. Do you, do you think that there's an issue, kind of what I, what I was saying, that there's an issue with modern society and just that it's almost cool or not, I don't want to say cool, but it's normal, the narrative, just go eat fast food, you know, go home and sit. 
you know, you don't really need to go do this. You don't have time. And that's just kind of what our society has become now. You know, for example, I read there. I don't know if you heard this, but I was talking to somebody the other day and they said that uh, in in the Civil War era, the average American was 140 or the average male was 140 some pounds. And I think now today's it's 190 pounds. Wow. And, and the female was like 170. And I can't remember what it was back in the Civil War area. But that was, you know, what, a little over 100 years ago. But wow. it's like so much. And a lot of that's just like, oh, we need more food. We need more food. We need more food. That's what, you know, everyone just wants to eat. Yeah. Well, there, there's no doubt about that. We want to eat. And if you look at the news, and let's say they're talking about COVID on the news, and then they go to a commercial break and they're telling us that we should take some drug that we can't even pronounce and we're a little uncertain what it's for but the side effects seem more deadly than whatever it is you're taking the drug for sure you know they want all of us to be on these drugs and that's one thing that i've never had to do is take any pharmaceuticals whatsoever eight um you you know and i hope i never do i hope you You don't either i hope you don't either because you know uh, I'm always very hesitant once somebody – I don't even like to take allergy medicine. You know, right. I'll, I'll take an Advil just because if I have – and that's only if I have a bad enough headache where it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm out of resorts. But yeah, yeah and that's, I've never – I don't know what it is. I've never liked the fact of just saying, oh, you need to take this just so you feel better. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, maybe, and then the next commercial is for some fast food joint. Exactly. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, and even, and not to bring up, you know, more COVID stuff, but it was like every news channel and everything was always sponsored by like Pfizer and stuff. And it was like, what is going on here? Like how, it's, you know, and then I've read studies and listened to other podcasts and just about how much corruption there is in the pharmaceuticals. And as far as the studies they do, and like, for example, I'm reading a book called right now, it's called sacred cow. And they're one of the parts in is just talking about how they release these studies of, you know, like, oh, meat causes cancer or um, or heart disease or whatever. But they don't tell you exactly, oh, well, with his meat, he was also eating, you know, does, you know, you know, ice cream, French fries, drinking a Coke and, uh, you know, and probably yeah. eating like, you know, what do you have on that burger, too? And he was eating three of them at one time. Yeah, right. Yeah, they forget to mention those parts of it. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I Maybe one episode, I'll, I'll bring it down. I've, I've got a um quarter pounder i bought god it's been almost 10 years ago quarter pounder with cheese Mm -hmm. i didn't eat it i left it in its box and it's in my kitchen up on a shelf right now and it still looks like the day i bought it you're kidding no it's rock hard but no mold no nothing and it still looks like a quarter pounder wow yeah. And I, I've taken a couple of pictures and put them on my Facebook page a couple of times over the years. But I think it's 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 probably 10 years old, nine or 10 years old. Yeah. Food ain't supposed to do that, people, if you're listening yeah. to this. Yeah. So, so go buy a quarter pounder, right? Yeah. No pickle. Quarter pounder of cheese, no pickle. Unless you like pickle. Uh, <laughs> and just put it in a box. Take a picture of it. Wait a year. Take another picture of it. It will look the same. Does it smell or anything? No, no smell at all. No mold. No bugs are coming after it to eat on no, it? No bugs. What? They, they don't eat that crap. That's saying something right there. If there's nothing else <laughs> eating that, and then we're slopping it down our bodies. you know. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I, I 
bought a hamburger from McDonald's and ate it. I mean, it's been that's good. There's, 15 years ago. I don't know because it's been awesome. 10 years since I bought that one. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, and I'm not, you know, a pure health nut. I don't mind going to get a burger or anything, but sure. I has, but fast food, I mean, it doesn't even appeal to me much anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that if I'm on the road or whatever, and I absolutely cannot find anything else, I usually just stop. I usually just get something small or whatever. Yeah. I do like Chick Fil A. I will say that I will miss up some Chick Fil A. I've uh, never been through there. Yeah, but that's a, but that's literally just you know maybe one day a week or every other week. That's not like an everyday thing for me. You know, I'm right. I'm typically a meat and fruit kind of guy, and that's what my body works well off of. And took me a lot of learning. Yeah. 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 So, well, this week I'm eating a lot of morel mushrooms. What what is a is this a morel mushroom? Is it what is that? I was going to ask that earlier. Is it just a regular mushroom? Well, no, not really. Um, morel mushroom, there's different types of mushrooms that um, I generally pick. Now, the people that are listening can't see this, but you might be able to see this or people okay. that are viewing this. They'll see it on the YouTube version if you're watching it. Right. Okay. So that's a morel mushroom, right? Okay. Um, so again, it's it's a little hard to, to see there. Maybe... Okay. And it's hard to tell in that picture. It looks smaller, but that's almost the size of a fist. Wow. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And, and the, the stem down here below is probably three inches wide. Wow. They, they, they were really big. So not all mushrooms are edible. Well, they're all edible, mm -hmm. but some of them only once. <laughs> right? Right, that's a good point. Yeah, it'll kill you, right? So you got to know which ones you to, to go for. Sure. And there's morels, one of them that I like. Chanterelles, I get in the fall. But Chris, the thing that I like about doing this, and this is where we were up on the ridge the other day. We found all these mushrooms up there, and we picked shopping bags full. I mean, just huge amount, right? Sure. And so I'm going to be eating mushrooms every night for the next week, right? A lot of mushrooms, which is fine. Yeah. But you go out there in nature and it's just like nature's providing you with this food, right? So I get to come home and make rice bowls and put yum sauce on it or, you know, sriracha or whatever with a bunch of veggies and rice. And I got myself a meal right at right from Mother Earth, so to speak, right? Yeah, and that works pretty well for you, I would assume, based on what we've been talking about as far as health and longevity. seems like it is. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And know, supposedly it's good for your heart and vascular in your vascular system and everything else. I don't know if that's for sure, but it doesn't really matter. I still like it. If I'm happy eating it, where some foods I'm not happy eating, like that quarter pounder. That's it. But I'm happy eating this. It makes a difference. Exactly. That's what, you know, a, a lot of, of it is. It's just playing with different things and finding out how your body reacts to it. And just saying, yeah, like, how do I feel after eating this? You know, and, I, and I'm there. That's, you know, like I said, I'm a meat and fruit kind of guy. And I feel like next morning I, I don't have, you know, brain fog. You know, my body feels good. I'm able to go get my training in. But there's other days, you know, when, you know, my, me and my, you know, buddies go out and we get a pizza and maybe a beer or two. Then like, oh, next morning, like, eh, I, don't feel I, don't, I don't feel as sparky as I usually do. But but I, like I said, that's not an everyday thing for me. And right. a lot of people, I'm generally speaking, of course, they go through life and they don't understand just making these small little changes, I think, and just what they're putting in their body. Like, you know, don't you don't have to always put in these pills just to say because the doctor says it's going to make you feel better. Hey, look at what you're eating. 
Yeah. yeah it's, it's like your, your car. If your car takes regular gas and you put a bunch of pasta in there with it, it's not going to run very well. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I agree 100%. So, so you have to use the food that's required to that's make great. everything work. It's a great analogy. And the foods that, that I eat may be different than the food you eat. I mean, exactly. what's the um, one man's food is another man's poison? Mm. Have you heard that before? I haven't heard that before, but I like yeah. that. I remember that. So what works for you may not work for me, and vice versa. Yeah, that's a pro- that's a problem with diet culture. There's no one diet that fits all. You know, right? That it's all everyone's different, and you just got to find yeah. out what works for you. And I love that analogy because somebody else told me that one time. Except they use sugar. You know, like how hey, you wouldn't put sugar in your car, would you? Right. Well, I guess not. I guess I'll give it what it needs. So. Yeah. There is, I, I, I heard a study about all the food and all the diets and all these things, you know, trying to figure out which one of these diets work best, mm. you know, because there's a million different diets. I know. And the conclusion was rather simple, that it didn't really matter what it was as long as you ate less. Right? Perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, essentially, we eat, we eat too much food. I agree. You no, know, and I, I've heard it said that about eighty percent of the food is just waste. That we only use about twenty percent. We pull the vitamins and minerals out of what's left. We pull that out, and that's all we really need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you need the what, other. That's how the body works. It's going to take what it needs, and then obviously, when you start overfilling it, it's got to like, where are we going to put all this stuff at? And that's what it does. It's like, yeah, exactly. We got to do something with it if we can't get rid of it. So yeah. 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 I'd rather climb up a ridge and get some mushrooms. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like we've been saying this the whole time. It's just little things like that. This makes so much sense and that it's not rocket science. It's, right. you know, it's or Mars science or Elon Musk science. It's, <laughs> it's something so easy that, you know, yeah. if you don't mind taking a little time sitting down, you know, maybe doing writing how you feel after eating something, researching a little bit that make these positive changes. I mean, look at you. I mean, I'm I'm loving it. You know that you could have quit at any time. You know, when you're 30 and just said, "Well, hell with it. I guess I'll just this is my life now. I ain't going to try to do anything else." Yeah, but you know, like, nah, you came and rise up. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about hit hitting bottom. I I probably hit lower than bottom. Ooh. Yeah. Lower than bottom. Just because of of everything that. You know, from my accident to being a little too wild to my surgeries. Just, yeah. I mean, I, had, I mean, we, we all go through stuff. Sure. Everybody has their own adversity that, that we get challenged by. I agree 100%. But really, it's sometimes until we get into that adversity, we don't change. You know, we, we keep doing what, whatever we're doing until it hurts enough. It's kind of like first we get tapped and, you know, then we get hit a little bit harder. Then a two by four across the head. And then it might take a Mack truck before we finally make a change. Right. Oh, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. And that's one thing that, you know, you know, I, I don't want people to go down that road or have that happen. But it does exactly what you said. People need that that hit in the head or whatever. But, oh, you know. These past 10 years of me eating quarter pounders is not probably doing too well for me. And yeah, or I mean, even not food related, but you know, if you have a goal in life, if you wanted to, I don't know, be own a hundred gas stations, I mean, yeah. you sitting around watching Netflix is not going to get you anywhere, you know? No, not, not at all. And, and, and what sucks is that, you know, somebody close to my life, and I'm not going to call them out or anything, but 
they went to a car dealership or something uh, recently, and the owner was out there, and um, he was passing out, you know, Bible verses and just talking about hard work and you know how he kind of came from nothing, and, and now he's so thankful for where he's at now. And yeah. um, and that person immediately just went into this negative zone, and it was like, well, that could have been, you know, I don't understand why that was me or that wasn't me. How come I don't have you know a couple car dealerships and doing really well? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean. Did you want to do a car dealership? I mean, was that part of your plan or are you just mad because, you know, you didn't do the work or take whatever the sacrifices that they at X or not, not a person who's anybody trying to do something big with their life. You just didn't do the work. You just didn't do the sacrifices. And that guy probably did. And now, and he's lucky enough to be out on top. Yep. So it's just like you, and then you go down this negative train. It's like, no, just listen, you know, it's not all about you. It's part of you just, you know, you should be mad at yourself more than not, not the other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, it's not too late. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. never too late. Did you, do you know who, um, oh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Louise Hayes is. Louise Hayes. Have you ever heard that name? I don't think so. She, she owns a publishing, ended up owning a publishing company called Hay House. Big publishing company. I don't know it. It's published, I don't know how many books, um, tons of books. You know, at 57 years old, she was bouncing checks. You know, by 62 years old, she was a multimillionaire. Wow. A couple of years. You know, and she died in, in, in her 90s a few years ago. And, you know, multi, multi, multimillionaire. Yeah. It was one of the biggest publishers on the planet. Wow. But she didn't start till, you know, the late, her late 50s, early 60s. It's never too late. Exactly. That's a good point. You know, and it's, you know, age is, I don't know. I don't, what am I trying to say that, you know, like I said, I just turned 36 recently, but I don't feel 36. But again, you know, you have your whole life to do something. And I know we just touched on this, but you can, if you want to do something, you know, you have everything at your fingertips now. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down and talk about people like with your life path. Go listen to a podcast. Go on YouTube. You know, there's ways to do it. It might not be the exact way that, you know, it can be done. But if you want to help Elon Musk, you know, colonize Mars. Yeah. <laughs> might get lucky. Well, I mean, yeah. And I don't know what the listeners think about Elon. I mean, you can you, you love him or hate him. I like And him. at the same time, I don't blame him for wanting to go to another planet. Yeah. Why not, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. There's a lot of people you either love him or hate him, but. You know, he's so he's he's doing a lot for this country, you know, and he's he's a smart guy. And, you know, I don't know how you get on that level of smartness, but um, he's doing big things and you can't fault him for that. I mean, do I agree with everything he does? Probably not. But but, you know, like right now, I don't know if you heard this, but he's making that Neuralink, which. Yeah. And which for those who don't know, but basically you can correct me if I mess this up. But basically the way I took it is that somebody who is a paraplegic, they could put this Neuralink in their brain and it would bypass the spine and they would be able to actually walk again. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think there's part of it. Like you would have your cell phone inside your brain and be able to look up countless information and stuff like that. That may be too far. I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, really like part <laughs> robot, part human. Ah, I mean, we were me about that one. This might be a little off topic, but do you think that's kind of the future of our, civilization our species because that's what seems to be more of what people artificial intelligence and yeah yeah ai could be taken over yeah yeah it's what it seems like that's the direction we're heading in yeah i mean you you can't even go to 
like here's a, a barcode on the back of the, the book, right? Okay. You can't really buy anything without this barcode anymore. You know, you can't even buy a banana without a barcode, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. A can of soup. Oh, this can of soup doesn't have a barcode. It takes them 10 minutes to figure out how to charge you. What do we do? That's all AI stuff, right? Yeah. Or it's like I, I'll use my bank card, like at the grocery store, my U-Bank card, right? I'll, I'll stick it in and I got my phone on me. And before I can get that card out of that thing, my phone is beeping saying I just charged something. Yep. That's what How I'm does saying. that happen? Dude, it's just people with minds like Elon, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like somebody, he actually even called ourselves a cyborg, speaking of that, just because yeah. he was on a podcast I was listening to and that – um yeah, because we don't go anywhere without our phones. And if we if, if we go somewhere without it, we instantly think something's wrong. We're missing it. And I'm an addict like everybody else. I mean, like sure. I, I probably play on mine too much than I should. But, yeah, there's it, it's part of just who I am now. It's just, sure. yeah. Especially – but it's so easy at the same time. If I needed to go look up what, a, you know, the real mushroom is, I could easily just, oh, give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and so there is some benefits to it, and I like it. But because I was like, oh, I'm going to ask that later. i got to go look it up in case I forget. But – yeah, I'm sure there's morels around where you live. You know, that's what I was keep wondering. And I, you know, I like mushrooms. I eat them, but I've never, going off what you said, I've never went out and hunted for them just because, like you said, they're all edible. But I don't want to be eat one that one last time. And never, <laughs> I was, I was like, if I had somebody who would probably go out with me and kind of teach me, you know, like, hey, that's probably okay. Yeah, yeah. like this has good benefits to whatever. Like, there's a lot of reports, and we, this might be a little off topic too. That, uh, you know. Ah, who was it? John Hopkins University. They're actually doing more work with certain mushrooms like psilocybin, I think. Hopefully that's great. Yeah, but, yeah. How, but how it actually regrows uh, receptors and stuff in the brain, you know, like people who've had concussions and have suffered some type of brain trauma. But there's actually something, a lot of healing effects with mushrooms they're learning. Yeah, and I have not dived into that a lot, like psilocybin mushrooms and hallucinogenics you know, all the way from regrowing things to addictions. I mean, all sorts of things are finding uses for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I know we kind of talked about God a little bit on here, but, you know, it's, that's one of the theories of life is that, that that's why, you know, our brains doubled in size over, I mean, what is it, a span of a million years or something it was part of like yeah. mushrooms and us figuring out how to cook food and, uh, or yeah. use fire to cook food and get more nutrients yeah. out of it. And if, if you look at your, you know, like a picture of some of these mushrooms, it looks like your brain, you know. Here's a different one. Looks a little different. I don't know whether you can see it. Yeah, right, right. I can see it pretty good right there. Yeah, that actually looks like, like looking at a bird's eye view of the brain. Yeah, it looks like a brain. Yeah, right? I can see it. Yeah, so you would think that that would be good for you. It looks like your brain. Maybe if you eat more of it. Now, this one... I don't. Can you see this one? Uh, I can't right there. You don't want to eat that one. If you That's come across that one, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Okay. Yeah, it'll be poisonous once to you, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. Don't eat it. But it's it's kind of like a squish brain, right? It looks kind of weird, and even when you see it, it looks kind of like it doesn't look quite right. So right? what you should look ones that look like a brain? Is that what you're saying? Well, the the other one which looks like a brain, and the morels, the texture of it's kind of brain like. Sure. Right? Sure. And the, they're really good and they're good for you. They're not poisons. Right. That's good. But like that other one I showed you, it just looks kind of weird. Yeah. That little kind of slimy look to it. And it's just like, nah, I don't think so. Right. 
Yeah, there's a lot of mushrooms out there that we bypass. I mean, because the, there was tons of other ones there, but there was only a couple that we wanted to eat. Hmm. Right? Do you know, um, and kind of going back a little bit in history again, I forgot the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yep. Yeah, so part of it, I think, and I, I might butcher this. I haven't talked about this in a little bit, but they were, was it Dead Sea Scrolls? I think it was part of that. These part of these religions, they found these old, you know, like canisters or pots, but they actually found signs of psychedelics or mushrooms in the uh, pots or cans of it. And they're like, oh, were they using these in religions wow. or rituals to drink? And, you know, and that's another, like the University of Jerusalem said, that's the reason how, or why Moses saw uh, God because the acacia bush actually releases hallucinogenics when it's burning. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I, I might be butchering that, so don't take me fully on that, but I, that's the gist <laughs> of what it is. No, I'm going to hold you to that, Chris. <laughs> yeah, the, please don't write yeah. me a better review. If, this if it's not right, you're going to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but, you know, and, you know, so it's interesting. You know, I'm not saying like that's great or that's absolutely 100% truth, but, it's like, well, there might be something to it. And I would, you know, like to dig into it a little bit. But yeah, it's yeah. Just, but it's interesting that it seems like, you know, with mushrooms and like we're just saying eating them and there's a lot of great effects that, you know, could be something there. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. And I, I, I think the planet and between the animals and all the different plants and all of that, um, we're really provided with everything that we need. You know, so we, we tend to mess things up quite a bit and you know like beef cattle what they do the last couple of weeks of their life is pretty gnarly yeah you know what they do to fat them up and yeah all that before yeah. slaughter and yeah i don't i don't um, agree with factory farming but yeah but you can go out and you can shoot a deer or an elk or a bear or whatever elk. that's growing they're living off the land where the meat the venison is so much better for you I've heard that, you know, right. I've heard that you're basically eating another athlete that, you know, it's a, yeah. that's, you know, pure and it's so much greater. Like you said, they don't get out there and just fatten them up off grain or whatever. Right. Yeah. No antibiotics, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, that, and again, that's part of that book I'm reading. They kind of argue, you know, the values of you no know, certain animals based on, or like factory farming as far as ethically nutrition and environmentally even too. So, and yeah, and there was something that if you go back to our ancestral and, you know, your ancestors or whatever, that's what they did. You know, they would go kill a deer and hopefully they killed something. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot, there's a great nutrition to that. And it's something that's the reason I started like shooting bow a little bit, just because it's like one day I may I would like to do that rather than just yeah. you know, especially since now every other day I hear there's a food shortage going on. So well, and I it might get worse too. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. But you know, like I wanted to ask that, you know. You know, almost everything we've been talking about tonight was this, and I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but do, was this part of the reason or the motivation behind your book or what was your motivation? Well, the, the motivation, and, and this is the book, right? It's called Falling Down, uh, Getting Up. And it was actually released 10 years ago, um, next month. And we're, we're doing another nice. promotion, another campaign next month to bring it back to number one. Nice. I brought it up to number one. I had a list of almost 700,000 people that we mailed out to. And um, I did, a, you know, right back there is a picture of myself and Jack Canfield, if you know who he is, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that book. Okay. So um, he joined my, my launch for this book. 
And, um, you know, one of the things he likes to say is your mess is your message, right? Okay. And then J. Conrad Levinson, which is the father of guerrilla marketing, forwarded the book. Um, he normally only would forward marketing books, but um, I got him my manuscript and he read it twice in one day. And he said, this is like guerrilla marketing. You found what works, you know, the simple things, the walking, the moving, just those simple things that change the state of your health. And that's the same idea like within guerrilla marketing. You find a few couple little simple things that work and you go for it. You use those things over and over and over sure. to develop your marketing, to develop your campaigns. Yeah. You know? And so the book is really, when I wrote it, it was really designed for somebody, especially, you know, a man, um, you know, 30 to 40 years old about what I was and was looking for some type of hope. You know, maybe they were struggling with some type of adversity or trying to overcome something and they needed some inspiration. That's what that book was originally written for. Today, 10 years later, people are still buying it and they're buying it for all sorts of reasons. And, um, you know, all sorts of different people have written me with different ailments say, I didn't have the same thing you did, but because of this book, I now know I can overcome it or I have overcome it. Or somebody will say, you know, I didn't have anything close to what you did, but my business was struggling. And I realized like what Jay said, you know, about you and your book is that you can overcome anything. It doesn't matter. It's never too late. Right. It's like the Louise Hayes idea. You know, you can be bouncing it. checks at 57, multimillionaire by, you know, 62. Right. I agree. I it love doesn't it. matter. Exactly. You just stay true to the course, man, and just go through yeah. the hard times. But eventually you keep grinding. Good things. Right. Happen. Right. So I don't, I don't know when when this episode's going to be released, but um, the book, if somebody wants a free copy of the book, they can't find this on my website, but if they go to michaelbharris.com forward slash book. So michaelbharris.com slash book. Okay. Again, if, if you go to michaelbharris.com, you won't find that link. You've got to enter the book. It's a hidden link, right? Sure. And you can go in there and download it for free. Cool. Yeah. And Michael, or I think they can buy it on Amazon if they want. <laughs> That's what most people probably end up doing the easier. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael, I think we should take it home on that. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll end, it, end this on a good note right there. So, again, you just said where people can find a book, but if they want to find you or more information or if you want to plug anything, feel free to. Well, I, I do want to mention something because this is a huge passion for me, Chris. And, you know, over my life, I realize how important stories are. And this is what's so great too about your show and just celebrating your hundredth episode is you're helping to get different people's stories out into the world, their thoughts, their ideas, their perceptions. And, you know, it's some different topics that, that you have. And right now in the world, there's so many places where our voices are suppressed and we're not allowed to say even certain words, you know, or you're going to go to jail for 15 sure. years sure. where we are right now. We're able to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And I think it's important that I tell my story. I think it's important that you tell your story, Susan, tell her story, you know, all these different stories, you know, it's like thousands of years ago, we used to sit around a campfire and tell stories. I agree. Right? 
Agreed. And it's the way that we learn. It's the way they communicate. It's the way that we get healthier. You know, us talking about just going out and taking a walk, that simple idea. Somebody will go, holy shit. You know, I didn't. It's that easy. It almost sounds too easy, but they're going to go out and do it. A listener to this show is going to go out and walk and have a better life because of it. I know it is. Right. I agree. So that idea of, of telling stories is really important to me right now. And I. I met a guy through a mastermind that I was involved in a few years ago, a guy named Sean Tyler Foley, and he grew up as, as an actor, and he's still acting and speaking and training. And we both had this passion for stories, so we started something called Endless Stages. Yeah, I think I interviewed him. You you may have. I think, yeah, he's been on my, well, I don't think I've released episode yet, but I'm pretty sure I did an episode. Yeah, you, you, you may have. I don't think I saw him on your list. Yeah, I, I, I'm pre- yep, I did one with him. I just haven't released it yet. It's coming out soon. Yeah. Yep. And we're, we're, we're both um, through Podmatch. Right now, I'm number one on Podmatch. I saw that. Um, he's normally number one, but I knocked him <laughs> off the top. Yeah, yeah. Right? Nice. Um, so we're really passionate about helping people get their stories out, whether it's on stage, on podcasts, through marketing, whatever. So that passion, you know, for what we've, with both what Tyler and I have done over the years is, you know, come to this place to where it's just like, okay, let's help people get their stories out. So that's what we're doing. Love it. And they can find out more info just by going to michaelbharris.com. There's a link there. You can join our group. It's a free group. And inside of that free group, we have, I don't know, eight or 10 different videos on how to speak, get your speaking out. They're all free. Download a couple of different books and PDFs and join, you know, a group of like-minded people that are getting their stories out too. Zero costs nothing. That's awesome, man. That's even the best thing. It costs nothing. People can get it. Yeah. Idiot. How they want. That's the best yeah. way. Now that they, they can hire us if they want, but there's a, it's like the information we give out. Sure. The free information we give out is better than a lot of people's paid information. Right. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we're passionate about helping awesome. people get out there, get their story out. That's awesome, man. Just help people get out of their own way, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Michael, thanks for doing this, man. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks for being yeah. And um, yeah, anything else you want to say before we call it a night? No, I'm just, um, you know, I've said this a, a couple of times, you know, congratulations on everything that you're doing and, I, I like your conversations about loose cows because <laughs> it's like our conversation. I mean, we we're talking about loose mushrooms, right? Yeah. But we're, we're talking about real life and, and what's going on out there. So right. big kudos to you for what you're doing to help people get their story out and I appreciate having it. these conversations. Very, very. I really appreciate that a lot. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you also for being here and having this conversation with me. I've got some good pearls and gems and I'd love to join learning about your story. So great. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody. We're out of here. Good night. Good night.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 